Hello, I'm Sarah Archer and you're listening to episode 73 of the Speaking Club podcast. This week I saw a great post on one of the groups that I'm in. It said, some people will only like you if you fit inside their box. Don't be afraid to shove that box up their arse. Thanks for that, Pippa. Brilliant. And based on that, my advice for today is be your own box. Welcome to the Speaking Club Podcast, because making them laugh is the secret sauce to your speaking, pitching, and business success. And now your host, Sarah Archer. Hey, welcome to the show. So today I want to tell you about something that I've struggled with for quite a long time. And I truly believe it's held me back from being the best speaker and also comedian that I could be. So I'll, I'll start off by telling you a story which kind of talks to the issue. So back, I don't know, maybe even eight years ago or something like that. It was quite it was a while ago, maybe 10, don't know. Time travels fast these days. Um, I was in London doing a comedy gig and it was a bit of a competition one. And so I did my set and every joke landed. The audience loved it and I thought I'd done really well. And uh, as it turned out... Uh, I didn't win. Someone else won that particular night's competition. But a a booker came up to me afterwards and he said to me, you did really well. That set was great. He said the one thing that got in the way of you being as funny as you could be and the audience really, you know, loving you was the fact that it came across as a bit scripted, um, a bit contrived, so not as natural as as it could be. And he told me that I needed to work on that. So after I got that feedback, I realised, you know, I, I wanted to improve my comedy and everything else and I needed to do something about it if that was genuinely how I was coming across. The trouble was that at that point, I didn't really take the time to analyse why I was clutching onto the words for dear life. And that has resulted in it, it, it taking far longer for me to get to that place where I, I'm able to let go. Now, without letting go, as I'm calling it, I've still been able to perform well in speaking and comedy. But I don't believe that I was serving my audiences well enough or being the best vehicle for the message or fulfilling my potential to be a sensational speaker. And I see you think it's also another reason why, or one of the reasons why I've struggled in the past doing the Facebook Lives. Now, if you also find it difficult to let go of the words on the script or let go of those densely populated PowerPoint or keynote slides that are your comfort blanket, then prick up your ears. Because I do believe what I'm going to share with you today might just be the secret sauce that makes the difference between being a good speaker and a great speaker. Let me give you an example that illustrates what I'm talking about. And this has always resonated with me. So I used to play tennis for my county as a teenager. And I was I was desperate to play better, to win more matches. And one day I asked my tennis coach, you know, what aspect of my game should I work on most to to get the improvement get the biggest improvement and he told me this he said there is no difference in the playing ability of the top 100 tennis players but the thing that separates the top one percent is mental toughness 
And that stayed with me ever since. And and I think the way that this that sort of story applies in, in speaking in this scenario is that all things being equal around the level of preparation that you do for a talk, a compelling structure, engaging content, and a high-impact delivery. If all of those things are equal, if they are the baseline for being a good speaker, then making the mental shift to letting go, I think, is the catalyst to setting you apart and unlocking the door to let the real, uninhibited you out to make your message magical. And that's why I'm doing this episode today and sharing what I found when I did peel back the layers and and found out what was underneath it all so that you can avoid making the same mistakes I have if you're just starting out or, you know, you can stop making those mistakes if you're already a speaker and just, you know, launch to the next level. Someone once told me that when you feel your stomach lurch or your mind starts to throw up objections about something, it's probably because there is something there that you need to work on. It's like a barrier to to your success. And when I feel resistance to something and I get that voice in my head that starts throwing shade over me, as it's called, starts sort of insulting me and undermining me, I know know, that's my ego, first of all, who I call Arnold. And I know that Arnold is just trying to protect me and Arnold from the perceived chance of failure. And when that guy told me, back in that comedy club uh, to be less scripted. I, Arnold, I could feel get upset. So so I, you know, it didn't tackle it straight away, as I said. But when I looked at why being word perfect in my comedy and my talks was so important to me, the first thing that came up was that letting go of the words might mean that the talk wouldn't be as perfectly expressed as I wrote it. So then I asked myself, well, why is that so important? And it was partly because I I did want to make sure that the message landed right. But I also realised that it was because I wanted to show off how clever I was. And again, so I sort of sat back and said, well, why is that important? And I think for my speaking... It was because I wanted the audience to view me as an expert. And for the comedy, it was because I was afraid that I wouldn't be funny without a perfectly crafted joke. And and again, I I peeled back another layer. In speaking and in marketing, I always coach my students to use the five whys as a technique to get to the problem and pain. But it works in other scenarios too, and it works in this one. So I asked why was that important? being an expert and and having that perfectly crafted joke and and this one was a bit harder for me to acknowledge but eventually I realized that I wanted them you know my audiences to view me as an expert based on what I said because I was afraid I wasn't good enough and that I would fail and and the same was true of the comedy you know that I didn't want to fail and if I let go of that joke and trusted myself, I, I would fail. The bizarre thing is that the jokes I write and the talks I write, they all come from within me. And sure, they're edited and crafted, but the essence of it all 
originates from inside me and and it comes from my knowledge and my experience. But I doubted that the right words would come on stage as I needed them. So after doing this work and finding out that, surprise, surprise, at the heart of it all was a fear of failure and not trusting myself to be good enough, that old imposter syndrome that flares up for so many of us, I'd be surprised if there wasn't if there was anyone on the planet that never had that. Um, not trusting myself to be good of this fear of failure uh, came up. And so I went about putting some new strategies and beliefs in place to help me. And I use these now when I see the same issues coming up for my students. And I hope that by sharing this stuff, maybe it will help you overcome similar things if you're struggling with them. So the first strategy is having a map of the talk. Now, when I put a talk together, and when I teach putting a talk together, it's the same process every time. I start off with uh, my speak framework, which covers off the strategy, you know, the problem, the end point that I want to get to, my audience, and the kernel message. So the, the heart of my talk, the problem and the solution. So I start off with that, and then I go through the process of uh, using the engage framework, which is all about putting that kernel message at the heart of a blank piece of paper and brainstorming potential bit of content, uh, bits of content, that stories, anecdotes, data, whatever that could go in the talk. And then I work through that engage uh, blueprint to narrow it down. And then I create a, a first pass at a script. And then I work on the slides and the script. And then I start distilling it down but there's a template that I fill out called my storytelling template for success which has an overview of the talk and it always ends up and it should end up one big idea that's the kernel message and then three supporting ideas normally based around objections which I talked about in the last show um, and some teaching and takeaways and then a convincer but always and also with a sort of opening hook and end hook so I have this map and although I, I practice with the script, I make sure it all sounds good out loud. And then I start distilling it into note cards so that I, I you know, have a good sense of the talk. But then what I've done recently is I've, what I, I haven't learned that. I've got become familiar with it. And then I rely on learning the map. So I want to know my big set piece idea, what I'm trying, the big overarching message, the three supporting messages and the three ideas underneath them and the big open and close. And, and that is enough to let me know where I'm going. And I think that's what mostly trips people up when I see, when I see them, when they take what I call the critic into, you know, when we're working together, I can see them think, oh, I didn't say that right. Or that word was wrong or they lost their place. But if you are focusing on learning the words rather than learning the map, then it will throw you off. But if you have, you know, become familiar with it, I'm not saying don't become very familiar with the script, okay? I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is it, once you've done that process of rehearsal, becoming familiar, holding on to the map and learning the map is the most important thing because it will always give you a place, you know, you'll know where you are and where you need to get back to. So that's the first strategy that I use is I ha hold the map in my head, not the exact words. Cool. And, and you know, that, that, that map, if you've done it right, will build the need and establish the desire for what you want to, to, to convince them of. Okay, 
Now, the second thing, the first thing is the map. The second thing, and it kind of crosses over a strategy and a belief. And it's something that I heard, and he talks about this a lot, from one of my heroes called Russell Brunson, who you've heard me mention before, no doubt. And that is this. The more that we chase significance, the less significance we get. But if we let go of significance, we'll find it comes to us in abundance. And if we take our ego onto the stage, if it's about us, and you've heard me say this before, it's you're, you're the vehicle for the message. It's not about you. Yes, we want to get your personality out because I know people will be thinking, well, if it's not about me, why do you keep going on about personality? Yes, your personality's got to come through, but only as it serves the vehicle. We do want you to come out. Um, so yeah, so and, and this is, I found the real example of this. So when I do some networking, I play down the, the things that I've done. I, I barely, I don't think I ever mention uh, that I've written some books and some plays or very rarely. My focus is on talking to the problem and the pain of my uh, potential customers and, and getting the pitch right so that they hear it, not it, I don't make it about me because people don't care about me. People care about their problems and their pain and what you can do for them. But as I did a, a keynote at a conference last week and in the intro to me coming on stage, um, the intro, the, la the lady said, you know, Sarah has done this and this and this and, the, and she's so modest about it. She never talks about it. And she's a bit of a hero of mine, you know, because of that. Now, if I, if I was one of those people that talked about everything I've done that put myself before the pitch that put myself you know at the start of the talk because people don't care as like I said it's just you need to touch on your authority where it's appropriate to show that you are credible but then you need to quickly back off of it okay so it's only again as it serves the message and and it serves the message for people to believe in you that you know what you're talking about but that is as far as it goes you know you don't need to be chasing significance it will just elude you if you do okay so so remember that don't chase significance it's not about you now the last thing is I now trust myself more and this is what I want to get across to you too you need to trust yourself learning the script means that when you go on stage you are you are revisiting the page, you are, it will be learned memory that you're recalling. And as I've told you before, I'm sure that will break the connection with your audience. But if you go on stage trusting that you know your subject, having thoroughly prepared for your talk or workshop or comedy, whatever speaking related thing you're doing, it will mean that the right words will come when you need them. And, and that's where I've needed to get to, to trust that the right words will come. They may not be the perfect words that I wrote, but the right words will come. And even if the right words don't come, the passion and the intention behind the words I do use will convey the message, I'm sure, in the best way for that day, that talk, that time, that moment. And, and knowing that gives me freedom. And it does allow me to be in the moment. And the, the, the biggest thing is that it allows me to be uninhibited in my performance. And 
you know, when you, I always say this, when you're, when you see an actor that's not 100% committed to, to the performance, it undermines, you don't believe them. And if you are accessing learned memory, it undermines your, your authenticity on stage. So get trusting yourself and, and it will help you stay in the moment and really, you know, inhabit the, the stories and the movements and the, the variations in your pitch and the tone. All that stuff will become more powerful because you're there in the moment doing them. Cool. So I, since, you know, since I've done this, I've, I've been practicing these three things. I am not joking. The feedback from the audiences after I talk has been so much more, uh, you know, it's been brilliant. And, and they've been so much more engaged, I believe, I think, when, when I've been talking. And I, you know, it wasn't bad before, but this is, I really believe it's taken my own speaking up to the next level. Now, one, ta- one tangible example of this happened on Monday. Now, it wasn't speaking gig, it was a comedy gig. And I was emceeing the comedy gig. Now, you give me a, a business event to emcee and I don't have any issue because I don't feel the same pressure to be funny. But being a comedy emcee, I think, is one of the scariest things because there's an expectation that you're going to work the crowd and you're relying on yourself in the moment to come up with with funny material so I I always you know it's that that resistance that feeling in your stomach I always feel that when I think about emceeing so I so I emceed this gig on on Monday and not only did I do something that was really sort of out of the box and a complete leap of faith which I'll I'll probably talk about in another episode but what I did uh, in that was just re- I worked the crowd I had the audience in stitches and you know from my audience interactions the feedback certainly from people that know me who've been on the journey with me so some of my students were there from you know that I taught comedy uh years ago seven eight ten years ago I don't know but they said they never seen me so relaxed and confident as an MC. and that was such a buzz to be really present because you have to be because you li- need to listen to what the audience is saying in order to be able to to find some angle to make it funny but yeah, it was great. And and I don't think I could have done that if I hadn't taken that journey through letting go. So there you go. If you can recognize the, the problem, if you feel like you've had a similar issue with your speaking, then try some of these strategies out. And um, here are the takeaways for you to, for, to, you to, to do. Um, learn, first of all, learn the map of your talk not the words of your talk, so that you know where you're going um, and you can let go of those exact, perfectly crafted words of the script. Secondly, let go of ego and significance. They will not serve you well as a speaker and also in business and life, they won't do it either. The more you chase significance, the less you'll have. And lastly, trust yourself. As long as you know your stuff, you've done the prep and the rehearsal, the words that are right for that talk on that day in that moment will come and the message will be even more powerful because the words will be coming from within you rather than from the page. Okay, I hope that was useful to you. And before I head off, I did want to say that if you, I mentioned it last episode, if you want to get more coaching from me to become a sensational speaker, then my new online speaking course will be launching very, very soon. 
Uh, and if you want to get on the list to get notified when that's available, and there is going to be a very special bonus for the first 10 students that get the course. So it'll be well worth getting on the list if coaching for me is something that you're interested in uh, to get notified as soon as it's out. And that address is thespeakingclub.com slash speaking course. thespeakingclub.com slash speaking course. And you'll get notified as soon as the course is out. No obligation. You just get told it's available. Well, that's it. Thank you as ever so much for listening. I really do value um, the listeners. I've had some people reaching out on email recently and when people you know, tell me that the show has had an impact on their speaking, it does make my day and reading the reviews does make my day it does feel sometimes like it's a, you know you sit here doing this stuff and and uh is you just hope that it's connecting with people and it's so nice to hear and if you if you do enjoy the show if you've got value then um dm me or tweet me on uh, instagram or twitter tag me at sarah archer 15 and use the hashtag the speaking club that would be cool and if you if you're a regular listener and you like the show please subscribe and uh, leave a rating and review that would be fabulous. Well, that's it from me. Thank you again. And don't forget, you know what I'm going to say. Go and grab your life by the nuts and let go. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Speaking Club podcast at www.saraharcher.co.uk.